1: we're back with another episode of the anarchist experience episode 349 aka year seven week 46 uh, coming at you this week as always i am your host mr richie rich along with mc ks and ml welcome back ml i didn't know we were going to get you another week so welcome back Uh,
2: surprise
1: (laughs) (laughs) but here's the thing even like i said at the end of the last show even if you just joined on Clubhouse, this is supposed to be a participatory show, so you're always more than welcome to participate. Uh, either sitting there with them, you know, as as one of the I'm going to call it panel members since there're four of us this time, or as a regular audience member. So if you are listening to this, uh, either live on Clubhouse or you know more likely a podcast later, go ahead and join. Join the club at um, on Clubhouse at the Anarchist Experience or follow me at Riches for Rich R-A-C-H-E-S, the number four. R-I-C-H, and participate in the show because that's, that's the reason we moved it to Clubhouse because no one wanted to dial phone numbers and we like, well, where are, where is everyone? And everyone at the time was on Clubhouse, so we said, let's go there. So please participate if you're listening and you want to, you know, get something out there. Uh, that being said, welcome to the show, everyone. And a topic we, I don't think we are planning on discussing until right before I hit the record button, um, there was some disagreement amongst the panel members so let's jump right in on the judicial system um Dana Carvey reference if you missed that and also I'm going to pronounce this dude's name wrong because the only real time that I've heard it pronounced was by Dave Chappelle and he called him Juicy Smollett instead of Jesse Smollett that's right is it
0: yeah Smollett yeah
1: but is it Juicy or is it Jesse or is it Jesse because I've heard it's all. probably three. it's probably Juicy Okay. Well, then uh, then of every commentator that has mentioned his name, uh, Dave Spell is the only one that said it correctly. So That's the one I've heard the
0: most. So okay. Maybe, eh. maybe I watch too much uh, liberal news. I don't know.
1: Could be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't watch much news at all, so that's probably my problem there. Uh, but guilty, 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 and then one, I guess not guilty, I don't remember, but five of the six charges um, that he was charged with uh, found guilty. I don't remember all the charges, but a lot of it was um I don't know. Well, do anybody remember what the charges were? I don't know what the charges were. Okay. But and so we, I I said that and then KS you jumped in and said he needs to be charged more. So go ahead and
3: Well, the 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 first charge was that they because of his false um alarm that they cost a you know, a week's time or some month's time—I don't know how much time—of the um, of the prosecution, the police courts, and uh, everything trying to investigate this case, which was a cost. So now that's what they're what they're um, penalizing him for the false alarm. And then MC made a very interesting remark, um, which of course is true also. So what's that other? Oh. one?
0: <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't think. The government, or the the police, or uh, the courts should have wasted any time on him. I think they should have just laughed at him when when they heard the, the claim, and especially given the area that he was in, um, it's just not it's just not likely to happen at all. Um, it's the it's pretty far fetched. So okay,
1: um, isn't the duty of the police though? To, to investigate that claim and come to some sort of determination as to the veracity yeah, of it? Yeah,
0: may, maybe they could have spent an hour on it. Okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, okay, so now you're, you know, you're, you're going to uh, pay a fine for, you know, a false uh, story or whatever. Um, okay. For, you know, and so maybe a hundred bucks or something like that, you know, and it shouldn't have never made the news either. Um, I think, you know, if we want to blame anybody, I'd blame the the news cycle for hyping it up. I mean, even I think, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, made comments about it saying that, you know, we need, we need to stand up to this hatred. And it's like, no, no, it's not even real.
1: (laughs) What was the giveaway for you initially that it was not a real thing?
0: Um, Actually, it was other commentators. Okay, um, I I just you know I I tend not to be too disagreeable. Like if I see something on the news, I think, well, there's got to be some truth to it. Sure. Um, so at my initial thought was, oh wow, that's kind of crazy. But I didn't like my initial thought wasn't to think he was making it up. Like this, um, that's how how trusting of a person I am. So okay. Um, But I didn't know anything about him before that, so I didn't know who he was. Yep, same here. Anything about him. So um, he's apparently popular in in the left circles. um,
1: Because he's black and gay.
0: Reality TV or something like that? I don't know. Uh, Not
1: reality TV as far as I know. He's a a regular, average, everyday working actor on, uh, I guess the show is called Empire or something. I've never seen it. Mm. Barely heard about it before his thing. What is Empire? I don't know. It's a TV show. It's a show. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's a TV show like about like family feuds and money and business and, um, yeah, inheritance and all of
0: that. It's not reality though?
2: It's not, it's not reality. No. By, oh. No, oh, okay. It's, so it's, it's like a show. It's yeah. like a soap opera. It's like a soap opera. Oh, yeah. Okay, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. It was kind of weird. And, and so I didn't like question it until somebody else questioned it. And then okay. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's probably fake. Like once somebody pointed out to me, it to me, then I was like, "Yeah, no way. There's no way it could happen." It's,
1: you know, once you put on all the details of okay. uh, of the claim, so it just sounded really outlandish. So I want to challenge another thing you said briefly. Um, you said that he should, you know, once they found out it was fake, he should have just been issued a fine, um, and that would have been the end of it. But if they issued him a fine, right, then isn't the burden then on them to prove that he is guilty of faking it? And wasn't that what this whole trial was? Was they're going like, yeah, you kind of faked it, and him going, prove it, and then you, you know, the the judicial system demands that we go through the trial process. Maybe I don't know. I, I prefer not to think about it that much. Okay. <laughs> to, yeah, to
0: me the whole thing was just ridiculous from the beginning, okay. and I think it should have been treated that way. So I I don't. I mean, <laughs> if if you want to take take it to the extreme, I think that's what you know the prosecutors and and uh, ju- juicy uh wanted
1: to happen okay so, well i don't and- I don't know if I want to call that taking it to the extreme, right because if I don't want to live in a system where the state, the government, those people can just make a claim and determine that that's the truth, and then issue fines that you don't have a right to challenge right so if they if they go like, nope, you fake this, we know you fake this. And then you don't get your day in court to say otherwise? Like I don't know if that's a better system either.
2: But I think it's also the the media, as you were saying, like I I do agree with with M saying that this is all fault of the of the media because they take something like racism, anti gay, and so all of a sudden it has to be true. You know, like always believe the victim and type of thing. So I think it Right. I mean, police and institutions do have a very low um, methodologies now, just because, oh, it's morally correct, and this can be a scandal, and so on, and then he just ended up faking it, and real cases maybe don't make it to court, because it's just sensationalist, and he's an actor, and he's black, and he's gay, and um, so I guess that just adds to the hype. And no, right.
1: But can we separate that from the actual judicial procedure of... The state isn't allowed to make claims without proving it in court, right? Like it, it, it's we know about it because it was sensationalized. He was found guilty because it was obviously faked, um, but that's that's why we have these procedures in place. You know, one way or the other, whether you like the current system, whether you want to see it changed to you know a, a free market system of arbitration, right? If someone levies an accusation at someone, there, there, there should be a way to meet out the facts of that and determine who is right and who is wrong. And in the current system, right, they went, they had the court, they had the trial, they said like, nope, you faked it five out of the six times. I don't remember. Again, we don't know what the charges are. Uh, but I don't want, I don't want the alternative, right? Sure, if the, if but- the alternative is media blackout and the they just issue fines for whatever they want, right? I kind of would prefer this. Now I'd also prefer the media blackout and him still get his day in court and not get it publicized right. Not get all the publicity that it did. Uh, But procedurally I'm kind of okay with how this went down.
0: I mean the right verdict came out. Um, Yeah. It couldn't have come out any other way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it very well could have because he's a black gay liberal, Right. And now he makes the president look bad. He makes the vice president look bad. He makes a whole handful of Hollywood celebrities and yeah, influencers look if, bad.
0: If he if if he had any uh, possibility of of winning, he'd have to have there would have to be a real attacker, you know. <laughs> and it's not true. So yeah, or that um, there
1: was the real attacker. That there, it was the Nigerian brothers, um, and then they lied to get their own publicity, right? That was another part of the narrative that was there when he backed off the they were white then they were pale maybe they were <laughs> lights there was there was it was dark there were light-skinned nigerians out and about who knows right it
2: says that the counts like the the these early conduct changes uh, telling police officer he was he was hate crime victim telling officers he was battery victim telling detective he was hate crime victim telling detective he was battery victim. So it's like, first they charge him to, by telling the police officer and then by telling the detectives the same lie. And then telling the detective again, he was he, they also charge him for that, that's weird. Telling second detective he was aggravated battery victim. So it's pretty much just they found him guilty of okay. telling the same lie through three different
3: yeah, one institutions. Lie. It's like, <laughs> every time but what you're it. saying, like every time. <laughs>
2: and this escalated... Uh, to get up up into court i mean does this usually happen i mean how many how many of these type of cases you see in court uh it doesn't matter if they don't get the media but you actually can get that far off on a case because you lied i mean i'm well, thinking for example rape victims uh or allegedly rape victims if they tell lie, they also take this all the way to court
1: so that could be a discussion to have about you know the the pitfalls of the American judicial system in its current form, in that they do stack on charges, right? Um, I think what is the oh man I forget I forget the case, but it was like so it was like a, 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 an actual active shooter, right? And he killed like six people or whatever, but there were like eighteen murder charges, right? For however they got to that number, I th- it might have been a reason article if someone wants to like dig through that, but w- whatever it was, there was um, there, w- there was a case where there was like one incident, and they just stacked the charges because in the in the the penal code, right they can do that um, and if we want to go back ever so briefly to the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse trial several weeks ago, um, there were there was consideration for lesser charges. Right, so they, they the prosecution comes forward and says like, we believe he did this, right. And if we're unable to prove that he did this, well, then we also think we can get him on this, on this lesser charge, right. So, not being able to prove the crime that they're accusing you of doesn't mean that you're innocent, right. It means they can get you on something else.
2: On something else, yeah. I think we commented this uh, last week that they get. Uh, they got like this huge uh, gangster for uh, not for money laundering, but because tax evasion.
1: Yeah, Al Al Capone was uh, busted for tax evasion. Yeah, not and not any of the criminal stuff that he did, you know, the bad stuff, right? But just not giving the government their cut. Um, but even even that, right? It was there. That was the one thing that they could get the evidence, enough evidence to to convict on. Right. Everything else, they know he did it. He knows he did it. We all know he did it. Uh, but there wasn't enough evidence to convict. And so they found something that they could convict on and went with that instead. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the state of affairs as it is with the, in the American judicial system uh, in that they, they will find something if they want, if they want to get you bad enough, they will find something to accuse you of that. And they will, you know, try to pin it on you. Um, Refresh
3: my memory about this particular case. Uh, Isn't it, uh, is it true that he knew these people that attacked him or that he said attacked him? Yeah. And he was saying, they were saying that he paid them to stage this. That's and what the, that's what the Nigerian saying, brothers oh, said. They just made that all up. I knew these guys and they did this and, and thought they could, well. Right. They, I, I mean, that's, that's my up. understanding as well
1: so the, he was he was allegedly attacked by you know white people shouting, "This is Maga country! get out of here right <laughs> It turns out that those white people were actually two Nigerian brothers who had a relationship with just uh, juicy Smolier um, one of them allegedly sexual a relationship with one of them uh, and then that they were doing that uh, they they staged the attack because they were basically trying to. I'm going to use the word audition for a job as his bodyguard and security. Right. So they they throw the brick through the window because they're the glazer. Right. Like, Hey, look, now you, now you need us, um, kind of a thing. And that was his claim. Like, you know, they, yes, I knew them. I didn't need security. So they attacked me to prove that I needed security. And now they got caught.
3: Right. That was, why would you hire somebody who, I mean, how would you trust someone to hire them Who's attacked you? You know to, who's done this. I mean, why? How would they? Is pre- it they pretended to
1: be MAGA Country people. KS, it's not like they said, Did "Hey, they we're have the masks two Nigerians over
3: them, say, over their faces." I or don't something? remember the details. Okay,
1: but I, I, I don't think, I don't think it was known at the time, right? I, if, if, that's the story you want to believe, they wouldn't have like said, "Hey, look, it's us two, Jesse, and we're going to beat your ass," right? They would. <laughs> the, it would have been like, "Hey, we're two white dudes, and this is MAGA Country, smack." And then, you know, when they see him the next day and they go, hey, dude, what happened to your eye? It was like two fucking white guys jumped me and shouted, this is MAGA country. And then they go like, well, you probably should reconsider that personal bodyguard service we offered you yesterday. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like that's, that would, that would be like the narrative as I would envision that going down. um, If you want to, if that's the way you want to believe the events transpired. More than likely, I don't know. Here's the weird thing, right? Like, why did the two Nigerian guys come forward and make a statement at all if they were a part of it? Like, if they got paid for this, just keep your mouth shut, right? Yeah, yeah totally. Right? If, unless, was because, there like a follow up Because it out? made,
0: it made uh, headline news, and they knew he was, they were going to get caught anyway. <laughs> so,
1: <sighs> because it was too silly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I hear you. And I go like, just keep your <laughs> mouth shut until it's time to open it, right? Yeah, but you maybe That's you don't know you're going to get caught. No one knew it was them no, until they but said I mean, so. If,
2: if you do something, if you've done something wrong, like it's the anxiety, if the if it's the uh, feeling guilty, and people telling you might get worse, or between them talking like this might get really worse. We better just come out and you know. But right. there's something about American culture that I can never understand. And that is that you take these criminal cases. And when things go to court and you make it a whole media thing. A big, yeah. A big media thing. Uh, And it's like the same with Baldwin. I mean, he's also famous, but we were also commenting that before he reached court, like the media had already done and run the whole case for him. And yeah. It's just something that happens all like I see consistently and it's always like so silly, like things are so obvious and that so sounds so stupid, but they take it to car and they make a big thing on social media and news and cNN and it's like American, what's up with that American I mean,
0: media is really
3: silly what well, is but that? <laughs> they're they're just uh, uh offering what the public wants i mean they're they're looking for ratings if 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 nobody in the in the uh, country was paying attention and cared about that they wouldn't run it they'd look for something else they're looking at it because it's the same reason that people in this country are so fascinated with the british royalty i mean the, the media runs with it because there is this fascination among the american royalty i don't of course you could say well the chicken or the egg which uh, does the media create that uh that illusion of interest or do they genuinely have this interest and therefore the media is just following it i don't know
2: I think the media is just following it. Uh, we were having this discussion about the Dave Chappelle thing on on another podcast, and I was saying, "No, oh, the canceling culture." And I and I said, "Okay, well, sometimes canceling culture can be um, means of market, you know, like demand supply." And uh, I feel that it's first that people look for that type of content, and they just keep producing it. Uh, but my question is, why do Americans are so obsessed? with uh with this mm. it's because it's, hollywood
1: is in america i mean right it's 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 a fascination with celebrity culture it's it's a mentality of envy and jealousness and also admiration right of going like well this yeah. is the american dream i too can be that famous right yeah. that's why people do dumb things on tiktok right totally. they, yeah. and i they think they want to go there's viral still-
2: there's two things there that you said is envy and the jealous culture like, oh, they have this and I hope they go to jail because of it. And sometimes that jealousy or envy can be admiration, like the, the dark side of admiration. And I think that's something that it's that it's very uh, characteristic of the left of or of people who want to have more power or to enforce their morals onto others through means of government and centralization. And okay. that's that's my main worry, you know. Like we we have all of these things on news, and that just keeps adding to the wrong narrative because people are so jealous and they don't get like out of their heads to be more uh, to admire. Because if it's if it was about admiration, these type of cases wouldn't make it. It would be like about the good things that happen in the world. Like even if I sound again too optimistic, right. but um, but I think it's that's the culture that is killing uh that is killing freedom. And the same way that you're saying it, dumb people doing, no, people doing dumb shit on TikTok. There are many amazing uh, people who create content on TikTok, like teaching and promoting good things. And there are others that are just stupid. And those are the ones that have more views.
3: Right. Look at the jackass videos. People do really, really stupid, harmful things they love the, 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 the moment of fame and the, and the exposure and, the, and just well, exposure. And know? why?
1: Because Jackass was a hit,
3: yeah. right? Well, I imagine those guys were doing these things anyway, but it just gave a <laughs> lot more fame to it because they... Right.
1: You know, so so there's, yeah. a, there's a group of guys doing dumb shit in their backyard. They film it. They get it on MTV. It's an overnight sensation. And then what happens? The mimics come out right mm-hmm. if if they can if you can become a millionaire, right, throwing darts at your ass and getting kicked in the nuts <laughs> right yeah. then I can also become a millionaire mm-hmm. right and so there's there's a i don't know exactly how it goes, but there's you know a thought out there that the the reason poor Republicans continue to vote republican is because they believe they're millionaires who are just temporarily poor right. And so they will vote for policies that benefit the wealthy rather than policies that benefit them as the poors, which would be, you know, the leftist Democrat policies. And we can argue about that if you want, but that's the stereotype, right? It's because they believe that they're going to be rich one day and they don't want these negative policies to affect them when they're rich. Right. And that where that stems from, I couldn't tell you how far back that goes, but that is like the culture of the American dream, which is, everyone here has a chance to be as wealthy as they want to be, if they just work hard enough, or do the right thing, or Thank get you. lucky, or whatever it happens to be. Like there's no, there's nothing holding back poors from entering the wealthy class here in the United States, right? And so when so when you see you know the average everyday person uh, become famous, you know by doing dumb things or the celebrity culture, right, which is, you know, hey, I want I want to go to Hollywood because I can do this acting thing, right? And then you get all the burnouts and whatever, you know, the, the people who are waiting tables their whole lives trying to c- catch their break in Hollywood kind of a thing. But it's it's that belief that they too can be that wealthy that drives that sort of behavior.
2: Yeah, it's the, it's the promise of success. Right. And it's the also the... The promise of happiness, uh, sure. But I guess, like with everything, there's a good side and a bad side. And um, again, I'm Colombian. I come from Latin America, so I've been talking with a lot of uh, Latin American friends, and people who have uh, come here like to search for that American dream, and uh, the general, the general attitude that they have it's like if you work hard enough, you can make it. Look, I got here when I was nineteen, and I worked my ass off, and I started selling hot dogs on the street in front of a stadium, and now I have my own business and I'm driving and I have my house and um and for them at least like the it came true. they had to work really hard and they had to eat a lot of shit <laughs> sometimes but right. um, and they gave me the example of this um, food chain uh, uh, Carlos jr. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. I love
1: Carl's Jr. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
2: and it's and it's that like that message. But again you also have the bad side that um but but I think you you get it from the wrong side because if you work hard and if you build the foundations and if you take care of you and your family and whatever, your business, you will thrive. Uh but then you have this generation or I don't know, these people that say, Oh, I'll just become famous and I don't I don't need to work hard. I just need to like get a lucky enough to to have my 15 minutes of fame yeah um and you you guys also have that but at the end i guess long term that's not that that's not as fulfilling as saying hey i started my own business or i tried doing this or that or by an honest career and it's, it's, again with this this case of this guy that we're talking um Jesse he maybe just do this to like get on media and like say, oh, poor me, please help me, give me money or whatever, for my yeah. bodyguard so people think that I'm really famous. <laughs> well,
1: but but he was already famous enough, right? He was already on a well-known TV show, right? Well-produced.
2: Maybe he wanted more, you know?
1: I, I, he yeah, obviously there's no, did. There's no limit to celebrities. There's no limit status, yeah. to <laughs> being famous, yeah.
2: I mean, Understood. Because you always compare to yourself, um, to someone else. So maybe he didn't didn't feel as famous as the guy who played... Uh, Black Panther, or I don't know, as Will mm-hmm. Will Smith, or you know, other. There's always that ceiling, you know. I, there's I think there was that. also
0: some of the social justice warrior in him, also. So yeah. he, he wanted to. He wanted to be the victim, of course. Of course.
2: Otherwise, he who would have done this, and that's also really twisted from a psychological point of view, of like putting yourself through all of this just to reassure. That you are a victim, and it's like no, like I mean, someone can make you a victim, but that doesn't mean that that needs to be your attitude towards life.
1: Right. You know? It's it's the popular thing to do to do now. That much is true as well. But there's like you saying, there's a, there's a difference between victimhood, right, and victim mentality.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. how
1: you react to the event that determines whether or not you have the victim mentality, or if you were just victimized in a circumstance. And in his case. Right? He was, wasn't was even victimized, but tried to get that victimhood mentality anyway.
2: On his favor. On his favor, and that's right. really messed up. And that's something that you see always in uh, social justice warriors and on the left side of, uh, I'll play the victim because the government owes me. Society sure. owes me. No one owes you nothing. <laughs> I just move
3: on.
1: Now, from a conspiracy <laughs> side of things, um, was he successful because his, his event got enough national coverage to maybe swing some votes in favor of Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and away from Donald Trump during the election?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. I thought of that at first.
1: But okay. I, I don't know. I how, don't think so. How I, I think
0: all he did are. was make himself more, uh, infamous or <laughs> popular, but unpopular on the, on the right. Like the, a whole bunch of Republicans didn't know who he was at all. And now they know who he is, and they still don't like him. <laughs> you know?
2: But, I mean, maybe people around him, I, I mean, I'm not saying that was his primarily um, goal with, with the conspiracy part, but I do think that people around him uh, kind of, like, added to that, like, put that thought in his, in his yeah. mind, like, hey, this may help, and, like, use, use the case on their favor. Because I mean, it's the perfect case. If you only read the headline before all of this, is like gay, uh, gay black actor. Uh, it's uh, attacked by extremes, uh, Trump supporters, right? Oh God, it's like you know, like right. you, you can read that. Like it's it, like, what, that's it. Uh, I am happy Trump yeah. is not winning, and it's time for them for it, Democrats in the U.S. It and, paints Trump know, supporters
1: a certain way, right? By extension, it paints Trump a certain way because he was being called the leader of these people. Right, like he was, like he, like he had a he had a direct line to them, and he was issuing orders about what to do. Right, like go go get that black dude from from Empire, and all of a sudden his mega minions jumped, you know, jumped to attention.
2: Mega minions. I'm
3: sure he got a flood of sympathy and outpouring of of, um, you know, uh, you know, passion of all this emotional flood that he was probably needing in his life. Because it uh, wasn't
1: getting the real thing in Hollywood. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's sad.
0: All right. All right. That one's beat. <laughs> we we yeah, beat yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to death. Wow, well, two Nigerians okay. beat it to death. Yeah. Oh. Well, <laughs> okay.
3: Maybe. well,
2: I hope I hope he can find true happiness in his life. And
3: of course. Live and let live. Live and let live. Like <laughs> live, and <so>. live, live. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, live and let live. What is that?
2: I think it's a bit of what we've been discussing that it's not only about the economic principle but that it's also about being a good human being. That's why I'm so interested in the psychological part of, of things because it's not only we promoting the ideas and implementing and free markets and blockchain and so on and prepping, it's also about promoting being a good human being uh, because as we were discussing with this guy, if he have been happy and in a good place and like Following certain values, um, he wouldn't have gotten in this much of a mess. Okay. The same way people involved in any of these cases. Um, so from live and let live, we promote not only the non-aggression principle, but also aspirational values necessary to build a global peace. So back back, uh, it it sure. back it up just a moment.
1: Back it up just a moment because yeah. you jumped into that, and I don't think anyone else listening <laughs> knows that live and let live is an organization or what the, what you're saying they stand for. Sorry, so,
2: yeah, well, Live, live and let Live is a, a global peace movement, okay. a libertarian global peace movement. We like to think of ourselves as the only global peace movement in the world right now. And we promote uh, two basic principles. First, the non-aggression principle that I know we all libertarians agree with it. And uh, the adoption, the mass adoption of the non-aggression principle in legal systems. And second, the... Ethics principle and that's the uh, aspirational values: as tolerance, uh, voluntary kindness, open-mindedness, civility, the pursuing of truth. So it's just going a step further and saying, "Hey, we're always gonna, we only, we can only agree to disagree, uh, but we cannot let our morals get in the way of laws. And the only thing that can uh, prevent that is implementing the non-aggression principle in all legal systems." But we have to be good humans, you know, like always uh, keep that in mind. Isn't sure. That's
1: an and so last week we talked about a little bit, you're a, a digital nomad. Uh, I, I, I want to say a recent digital nomad, right? Because you said like this is your fir- your first stop out my of first, Colombia.
2: My, my second stop. Second, yeah, my second, first okay. stop will be Medellin, but yeah.
1: Okay. After and COVID. So your, your, your nomad, your digital nomad trek journey is basically to travel and promote the ideas of this live and let live movement
2: both both uh, live and let live got to me on the on the perfect moment i okay. was already uh, preparing this this um the, uh, the traveling um and it's a and it's a great excuse to meet people and to promote uh, the ideas of liberty as well i i want to travel because i love humans and i'm very interested in seeing other parts of the world and When you're a libertarian and you travel and you meet other libertarians in other parts of the world, it doesn't matter. I mean, K. K. S. and I met in Mongolia at the same with with M. And two years later, we're here and we come from completely different backgrounds, but we know that we have the same values, and and from that we can build uh, trust relationships. And I think the more we can unite, like the reasonable people of the world, and I think we'll. It will be like much easier path for Liberty.
1: Okay. So are you, are you promoting certain meetups, uh, as your travels? Do you have a calendar yes, of events? Uh, if, so-
2: yeah. If you guys want to come to one of our events, you can visit live and let live org or, uh, follow us on social media, Instagram and YouTube. We have two podcasts, uh, peace radicals and peace talks. And we do, uh, every week, every month we do, um, meeting you can find it on meetup and in different cities we have different in-person meets so over the past month we've had meetings in argentina colombia poland uh, portugal africa florida so uh, we're we're moving a lot
1: nice anything more about the organization no,
2: somebody, no just follow us follow okay. us and, and support us yeah we're starting, so any feedback is well-received. Okay. Thank, thank you so much for letting <laughs> me talk about this. Is,
1: is there any way for people to um, get involved with the organization itself or the movement itself, or is it just the, the meetup groups is the best way to, to meet you all?
2: The meetup groups is the best way to meet, uh, as well as following us on, again, uh, subscribing Sus- to our newsletter. Okay. You'll get more information. Uh, but if you want to be like an active member, like a chapter leader, uh, just uh, reach out to our um website and I'll reach back to you guys and get get you started.
3: Sounds good? Cast anything you. else? No, that's good. All right. <coughs> uh, right?
1: Yeah. There you go. Shall we do some headlines? Sure. All right, here we go. Headline. Oh, you didn't get to do this last week, right, ML? I I just shout headlines and then no. I read headlines and then you guys pick one. You get,
0: <laughs> so you get to pick which one you like the most and then he's
1: going to read it and then we'll talk about it. Yeah.
2: Okay, good.
1: Headline. Uh, marijuana, taxation, and unintended consequences. Uh, headline, federal drug law forces pot shop to carry lots of cash and no insurance. Now they're getting robbed. Headline, A surprise. yeah, surprise, fucking surprise, surprise. Headline, public schools are causing irreparable harm to themselves. Uh, headline, always. province allows grocers to ban unvaccinated food shoppers. Headline, five inflation myths. This one's from Shift Gold, so keep that in mind if you want to do this one. Uh, Headline, how does government welfare stack up against private charity? It's no contest, so I guess we don't have to read that one. Uh, Headline, do victimless (laughs) crimes have victims? And finally, headline, young people turn to collectivism because these psychological disparities. Um, I vote the last one.
3: I vote the inflation one. Oh, so
2: I have the definitive vote. i was gonna
3: propose a different one. worth two, obviously. <laughs> okay. Uh, to,
2: to decide, I think. And but you don't the, have to pick
1: between the ones that they did. If you you can pick whichever one you want. We
2: can pick another one. Yeah. Which uh, which one did you like the best? And between the marijuana one and the school and the high school hurting themselves.
1: Okay, let's do the school hurting themselves then, because that's you know, we have a professor here as well. Even though it's, but not at a public school. Understood, but at least someone within the educational field who can, you know, comment on this article from that aspect of it. I guess you know, drug users sure. are fine too.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, public schools are causing irreparable harm to themselves as public schools push them out the door. Many families are embracing change in how they educate children. Self-taught Fridays, extra days abruptly added to vacations, and random sudden closures proliferate in public schools across the country with the Omicron variant of COVID-19 only accelerating an established trend. Parents have to hustle to make alternate plans for keeping kids occupied. With so little notice in most cases, actual education is often off the table as an option. Advocates of government-dominated schooling accuse proponents of education choice of wanting to kill government schools. But those public institutions don't seem to need any help as they incrementally (laughs) terminate their own participation in the teaching business. Uh, To help Portland public schools, educators and students adjust to the stresses of resuming full-time in-person classes. The union representing the district's teachers proposes canceling in-person instruction for high schoolers one day every week after winter break, the Oregonian reported last week. That is, classroom instruction time would be reduced by 20% because the union says it's too hard to do what is what was promised and sort of delivered to students and families for years before a certain virus accustoms so many to lounging at home. Portland is hardly alone in this regard. The four-day school week is one of the fastest increasing and least studied phenomena shaping district operations, according to Education Week. But it's only the latest of a series of disruptions to the way public schools operate. School districts across the nation are temporarily closing or switching back to remote learning as school administrators struggle with empty classrooms, driverless buses, and understaffed cafeterias caused by widespread teacher exhaustion, coronavirus (laughs) concerns, and the Great Resignation, USA Today noted on November 11th. That was before the Omicron variant started sending some people into a frenzy. Even in the absence of firm data on the risk, it may or may not pose closures have only picked up since its appearance school closures continue to increase as we have identified 916 districts versus 858 last week an increase of 58 across 9,313 schools uh, from 8,692 last week an increase of 621 cumulatively impacted so far this fall according to burbio as of december 5th uh, which tracks community events Notice to affected families ranges from as much as two weeks to as little as two days. Had school bureaucrats warned parents last summer that they would drop the ball yet again, parents could have considered the implications and if so inclined, prepared for homeschooling, coordinated micro school arrangements with other parents or enrolled their kids in private schools. Instead, they're scrambling to arrange childcare or surrendering days of wages so they can watch kids stranded at home far from lesson plans. What's ironic about the accelerating school closures is that the public school advocates have raged against families who fled the education alternatives when government schools fumbled their pandemic response. I'm not the first to point out that learning pods are emblematic of educational inequity in the United States. Uh, Tara Tchaikovsky, CEO and founder of TechnoVision, an education nonprofit group, complained in August 2020. It's a winner-take-all approach with privileged, often mostly white students hoarding academic and social gains and further segregating our K-12 systems. Such social justice pissiness was difficult to sustain when it turns out that the most enthusiastic converts to homeschooling were African-Americans, among whom uh, DIY education went from 3.3% of students pre-COVID to 16.1% in the fall of 2020. Nevertheless, teacher unions, control freak politicians, and their allies continue to insist that anybody who wants to let families guide their kids' education instead of forcing them to subsidize government institutions is hell-bent on ending public schools. That narrative also became... (laughs) Go ahead. Yay! Cool yeah, yeah. public schools. Yeah. That narrative also became difficult to sustain or maybe just irrelevant when public schools set about ending themselves. But instead of having the good grace to exit the scene in a planned way, these they self-immolated in abrupt increments. One day here, a few days there, one-fifth of the school week elsewhere, with little provision made for transitioning to something else. I and everybody in our community can no longer count on the public schools, Jennifer Reisman, a Maryland mom, told NPR, after a last-minute cancellation by her local district. And I feel like after the last year and a half, there was a lot of that sentiment that this is not just something we can count on. It hardly matters if proponents of education choice want to kill public school if those schools commit suicide in mid-argument. Choice advocates at least have an alternative to offer, anything families want that suits the needs of their children in achieving an education. That could include traditional public schools, but only if the staff of those institutions don't first reduce them to hollow shells. It certainly allows for private schools, charter schools, homeschooling of all sorts, micro schools, learning pods, or whatever else the human imagination might conceive. Unsurprisingly, public support for school choice is rising. EdChoice, which tracks opinions on a monthly basis, reports uh, support for education. Savings account is a 70% in October, up 5 points from September. For school vouchers at 64%, up 6 points. And for charter schools at 67%, up 6 points. All of these approaches allow families flexibility in choosing how resources for education are used rather than being taxed to fund take it or leave it district schools that just might decide to close their doors one day out of five without offering so much as a discount. Even before public schools began playing school day roulette with parents and students (laughs) districts across the country uh, reported declining enrollment as families looked elsewhere. In the wake of the pandemic, school closures, uh, school districts in Washington state saw the enrollment decline by tens of thousands of students. The Seattle Times reported November 26. At the same time, the state's homeschooled population has ballooned, nearly doubling in size during the first full year of the pandemic, 2020-2021. Uh, Many fled, citing the uncertainty and logistical problems that public schools face. Amid serious social disruptions, menly families seem eager to embrace big changes in how their children are educated. That's good because public schools are pushing them out the door, whether or not they're ready to go. End of the article. Um, I think we can all agree that this is probably a good thing uh, in the long run. Um, so should should we should we hope for public schools to turn this around and do something different?
2: I'm I'm happy. Right. <laughs> this news yeah. uh, so I I went to both pu- public and private schools and in, in Colombia it's not that common uh, for the average to go to a public school uh, parents will always try to put their kids in a private school even if it's really cheap and it's like a small school Sure. Uh, and I'm happy that COVID and now Omicron apparently are challenging that because they're just showing how uh, inefficient public school and public education is. And now with internet and everything. And so I'm happy. I mean, it's just like a a dinosaur dying right now. So it's huge. It's big. It's going to make a lot of noise coming down. uh, But it's inevitable. I mean, the numbers show it. They're going to die eventually. And I feel kids and now like new generations have other tools for learning that we didn't have. Um, Again, internet, computers. And I think parents also... Being pushed to step up and defend their kids' education, um, I've seen it in many families and close friends that during COVID, uh, pretty much they had to do three times the job or t- of teaching their kids because kids weren't going to school and professors were only sending. Uh, a bunch of assignments and crazy homeworks that parents need to first figure out and then teach. And now they're seeing like, wow, what are my kids being taught in school? I don't like this. Right. So I think it's a good thing, but it's it's gonna make a lot of noise and it's gonna come down, maybe a bit traumatic. Uh, but I think it's it's a good thing to challenge that.
3: I yeah, think, indeed. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, at the university level, I'd say too. I mean, the University of Hawaii, for example, has. Um, still online classes, as I understand it, and students aren't interested in that. And and the Hawaii Pacific University, a private university, has face-to-face classes, and they've had a huge increase in enrollment. Good for them. And uh, aside from the issues that people have to pay for the the government school, uh, more and more people are still choosing the private school.
1: I think one of the... One of the benefits that the COVID nineteen pandemic, scandemic, whatever you want to call it, had, uh, is the ability for parents to work from home, right? Like rem- remote work became a thing for a lot of people, and I don't, my job doesn't allow it, right? But I, uh, there was a, a an incident uh, with an angel this week where the the school for the child closed abruptly, right? Like teacher tested positive, come pick up your kid, go home and quarantine for two weeks. We're going to open later, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I go, I don't know what I would do in that case, right? Because my job particularly, you know, if I was, if, if it was just me, you know, single parent type of situation, if it was just me, like I don't, my job can't close for two weeks. I need to be there. So I would have to bring the kid to work, right but I'm supposed to be quarantining. there's no coverage there.
3: well thank goodness they're in uh, allowing so many immigrants to come into the country and take care of your children oh no I'm, am I mistaken about that? yeah, no, they're keeping them out <laughs> but even even that on that short notice like what you're gonna what 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 is one to do well that that is uh, what is done in other countries. I mean if suddenly someone in Colombia needed uh, to have someone to help take care of the house, take care of the children, I'm guessing that they would quite readily be able to access uh, a huge market you of people who are desperately eager yeah. to have... Uh, you, you,
2: you have two options. You either hire someone to, like, come clean the house and also take care of your kids, so they'll act as both nanny and uh, house, housekeeping. Okay. Um much cheaper than, than the U.S. In Colombia, the middle class uh, usually always has this figure inside of their homes. Uh, in here, middle class don't, can't allow to have that, that type of service.
1: That's but because it's so expensive here. It's so
2: expensive, yeah. yeah. And if the only we could thing, pay them
1: less than minimum wage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. And the other thing that you have is uh, you rely on um, relatives. So um, many times, many times my... Uh, aunts that were, um, uh, that had already their pension and weren't working anymore, will come pick me up from school, or my grandmother will take care of me, while my mom had to go to work. Um, and so, and and I also feel that this challenges a lot of the uh, s- structures that we have today. So what you were saying, we can't bring our kids to work. Um, or we can work from home because we don't have the tools to teach our kids and to integrate them into society because we think they're too small and they need to be out of sight, uh, being trained by someone else so they can be allowed to be in in a civilized uh, environment. And I feel that's where education has failed enormously, not only to the kids but in f- to families in general, to um, mothers that... Uh, single mothers that maybe need to do both things, but they're uh, rejected by society because they have a kid or because they have a small kid um so I'm saying like th- that that might change I would well. say it's
3: it's not just um having low skilled people come in and take care of the house uh, but it's high skilled people in other words um i I one time um uh, stopped my class in the middle of a lecture while this um uh, custodian came in to empty the trash and i said excuse me i'm sorry where tell me where you're from Uh, because i was giving a, 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 a session about immigration and this person said well i'm from the philippines sir i said well what did you do in the philippines before you came here well i was a political science professor you know i thought you know there's a tremendous amount of of skills and talent that could be accessed um for for everything i mean all these problems that they say are not problems that are without solution. They're readily solved if the government would get out of the way of so many th- obstacles to human action. That's true. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what more can you say that, uh, about it than that? The, the government just needs to get out of the way. Uh, mm-hmm. But in, in you know back to the, the Omicron cases and the, the current school system, right? If you're put in that situation here, like, I get that there are solutions if the government got out of the way. But what do you do under the current paradigm, right? Do you take off of work, right? They're destroying the the economy and I don't want to sound like part of the patriarchy, right, necessarily, but there was a time where you could have a single income household, right? And there was the caretaker who wasn't a third party, wasn't an immigrant, wasn't a low skilled worker or anybody like a housekeeper, right? There was the mother, the wife who just was home and ran the household because you mm-hmm. could afford that mm-hmm. right so if, if school oh. closed right there was no loss of income for the family necessarily because no. dad still went to work mom just watched the kid for then the I day uh-huh, yeah. right but now but now like springing it on you and going like okay we're closing for two weeks right like come get your kid well okay all of a sudden you, you have to figure shit out really quickly on where you're going to be how you're going to continue to work especially if you're a a single earner or you know a a single income household
2: i I think this is pushing many uh, parents and especially guess single parents as well it's pushing and challenging many families because you're saying okay yeah government needs to get out of the way but today what can those families do with their kids at home if they cannot work, and right. I think this is pushing them to be creative and to find other solutions. And that's that usually comes on education online, okay. um, but also relying, I guess, in family members, like other type of family members, neighbor, neighbors or uh, like we they have to figure out things out the same way, like uh, the same way it's, it's now today. What you're saying, like it's again, it's also about. Things are more expensive today, and a family of three or four, uh, both parents, still need to go and work, uh, yeah, just to make it. So if
3: if a you a have both parents, after all, didn't we? What's happening? Yeah, that? of course. <laughs> we got around to inflation, after all. The cost of living seems to be so much that we need to have several people earning an income to cover those costs. Right. Well, <laughs> again, the inflation co- the government caused inflation is what is pushing families to have these. Uh, these multiple incomes instead of one.
1: Yeah. And, it, and, and knowing that this is what's happening going forward, right? Much like the article said, uh, public schools are ending themselves because if you can no longer trust them to be there next semester, next year or whatever, right? You, when you put into that situation where it's, Oh my God, I have to make emergency decisions while well, you start planning ahead, right? You start finding that learning pod or that group, Environment or that school that doesn't, you know, lock up and close for two weeks at a time, and next semester, right, you're out, right? And those those uh, those numbers go, you know, for homeschooling and um, charter schools go up, right? More more demographics start to remove themselves from from the public school system to get out of that environment.
2: And I think this this also promotes black markets like everything, um, and I'm pretty sure families are finding. Education black market, I guess, like you're saying that like, you might hire someone that's not legal or that, that is an immigrant or maybe like, a, I don't know, in a house, for example, say, oh, I'll take all of your kids and take care of them. Or also there's uh, I had this experience. There's uh, this app, this platform called Workaway. And in here, you exchange your services, and, they, and the people let you stay in their house and eat their food okay. and so on. And many of people who do this are immigrants that don't have a working visa, sure. that are just traveling. Um, and this is not seen by, by government, and this is uh, helping people. But uh, again, you're promoting black markets because the government is in the middle
1: of it. Um, I'm all for black markets and all of these other solutions. My concern was that on short notice, right? Do you have the proper amount of time to vet the person you're about to leave home with your child on short notice?
3: Right. Well, I would go in a different direction and I would uh, see, I, I think that the education system really, the purpose isn't to educate, you know, because then more than half of the students wouldn't, Graduate from high school functionally illiterate—it's to keep them off the workforce. I would say the simplest and quickest, easy way to allow people to become productive and learn would be to allow them to participate in the marketplace with their families, or whatever, or without families. Uh, everybody learns in a different way, and let them be motivated the same way that teachers are motivated by a paycheck, and. Um, uh, let them uh, learn skills and education, and uh, arithmetic, and reading, and, and human skills uh, by participating in the marketplace. That could be done instantly. Just allow people to to allow the young people to imitate their elders instead of spend twelve years in a in a, in a completely artificial autocratic society, learning just obedience to sure. schedules and and orders. I think I uh, I might have mentioned this
1: here within the past couple of weeks, but one of the things that came out with the whole um, walking away from the jobs kind of a thing, people not wanting to go back to work is they're leaving a lot of these jobs open for younger people and teenagers to get back into the job market. Right. Sure. For, they'd for be a while hungry to do
3: it. What's that? They'd be hungry to do it. I mean, what kind of a reward is paper stars and letter grades compared to, ah, oh, I can earn a living so I can, I can buy a, a game or a television or a car or something. Understood.
1: You know? But for a long time, they were excluded from the market because the minimum wage was high enough in a lot of areas where they they could not provide that level of value to the company. Sure, right. So minimum their job wage was being and child filled. Labor laws.
3: What's that? Yeah. Uh, and child labor laws, uh, minimum right. wage laws. Yeah, all of them cut them out of the market. Yeah,
1: and so, but now with adults, right, and and working age individuals refusing to go back to work, right, because of whatever nonsense that they're having to deal with. Uh, those jobs are now becoming available again and the you know say what you want about the minimum wage but those 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 younger individuals who may not be able to provide that level of value are going to get an opportunity to prove it right or wrong right because they they, health, they have to yeah. pay a certain wage and no one else wants the job so it's either it's either going to be the youngs or the immigrants and
2: how else are you going to learn if you don't get a chance to do things? And that's also something that the education system has, uh, it's wrong. Because uh, you learn all of this in school and even in in, in college, and university, and then you go out to find a job, and turns out that you don't have enough, enough experience or that you have to crash and, like, you have to learn all over again at your first job, and... I guess for many of us our first job was the worst one because we didn't know what the hell was happening.
1: Oh, maybe maybe for <laughs> you though because I my first job was like a work study job at the university and <laughs> the you know the the sole the, here's the thing. I worked at the registrar's office. The sole benefit to working that job um as a freshman was I got to register for classes before anybody else. <laughs> so See,
2: that's that's uh What's that? The incentive. The incentives are aligned.
1: Well, it it also meant I didn't have to like postpone my degree because classes filled up with upperclassmen, <laughs> right? Like I was like, you know, registration opened up, and I was already in the, all the classes that I wanted to to take uh, without waiting in line. So it it was definitely not the worst job, and one of the benefits about that job as well is um, I. W- <laughs> I side negotiated a deal um, basically to work beyond the duration of my work study because they needed help over the summer after my work study had expired. um, And I still had money left on what I was able to earn on my, on the, you know, the, the financial aid. Right. So I basically said like, well, you guys need help. I'm not going to be allowed to work. So right in my hours now, and I will work them off over the summer. And they were like, well, can we trust you? Uh, well, you trusted me for like two years already, right? Like I'm not, I'm not trying to <laughs> screw you here. I'm just trying to get yeah. paid, and then you offered my help. So it was a – man, I'm – okay, so now that I'm thinking about it, for like a, an 18-year-old like college sophomore, I'm pretty impressed that I was able to negotiate that at the time. Like just pay me in advance, and I'll, I promise I will come to work later, you know, over the summer. And we did. I, I worked off all my hours that, you know, that I had banked up over the summer, and they got they got extra extra help in the registrar's office that that summer. Do we have time for the last article? Uh, I want to say no, but we can hold it over for next week because we're right up we're we're over the hour already.
3: All right, then.
1: But remind me. Or just you know throw it in next week. Just let me know and we'll we'll get. I'll to read it on my own. What? What's the, <laughs> that's what's the last the, article. The, I forgot the headline again. Uh, young people turn to collectivism because of these psychological disparities. Ah,
2: uh, yeah, that sounds. Oh, sounds okay. Interesting.
1: Yeah, 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 we'll go. Okay. We'll start, we start, off with start with, that, with that next week. Yeah, read it oh, on can, your own, we'll and it. then just dis- read it on your own, and then when after I read it, we know what we're going to be discussing. But then remind me to throw it in there when we start. Like when I say like, I hey, what do you guys want church. to talk about? You guys say, hey, remember that article from last week? And then that's, uh, we're off and running. That, that was
0: one of the first things that I got involved in politically was the discussion between uh, collectivism and individualism. And I, and I still think that's probably the, one of the most important.
3: Okay. And another thing to hit on next week is the inflation. You know, sure. that uh, Joe Biden just announced a 6% decline in the minimum wage because of 6% inflation, 6.8%. 6. 6.8%, Six yep. yeah. oh my
2: God.
3: <laughs> so yeah. So once again, when I go like, what do you guys
1: want to talk about? You say that, and that's what we'll lead with. Okay, okay. And it'll be a teaser for everybody thanks. else, because like, we usually don't do that as well. Uh, final thoughts for this week's show. No, thanks.
3: That's it. All right, See that'll do it for week. us.
1: You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash anarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash anarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you all next week peace aloha